a ratings massacre and the sad remnants of the NWO. You listen to them talk Monday Nitro. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olson. That's me. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome to After 83 Weeks. Is everyone hearing that? What is happening? Oh, it was me. <laughs> it was me. We are off to a fabulous start here coming to you from AfterBuzz Studios. Thank you guys all for joining us. This is the show that is all for you, 83 Weeks fans. We all love the show as much as you do, and we are going to be covering this episode where they talked about the March 6th, 2000 episode of Monday Nitro. And, of course, as per usual, the man himself, Eric Bischoff, will be calling in to answer all of your questions. So make sure you get those rolling. I would like to say hello to everybody who's joined us in the live chat. Hey, Teddy and the rest of the crew. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. And by us, I mean myself and, uh, you know, Eric's digital producer, Steve Kaufman. I am here. I'm ready. You reminded me to mute my computer. <laughs> I, wasn't that it wasn't, sweet of me? It wasn't. I did. We're all good. I love that. And uh, he can usually be found texting rudely during our show, but no computer in front of him. He is an independent wrestler, and we call him the Encyclopedia of Sports Entertainment. When it's George Hermosa. When do I ever text during the show? When you want to annoy me. I never oh, wow. do that. <laughs> and by the way, my phone's always off, so we'll never have to worry about going off during the show. Oh, I love how she. I love how she kind of called it out that... <laughs> It's the guy who normally has the laptop in front of him, that's how you text while the show's happening. <laughs> that is true. I remember Eric said something newsworthy on this show, and I texted the link to Sean Ross Sapp while on this show. Uh, I love that, but I don't necessarily think Eric needs to know that we're, uh, you know. Okay. Stirring the pot like that with the dark cheese. I mean, especially um, was it this one where he just kind of called out Terry Taylor, saying like, "Well, we know yes. who we know who the person that was feeding Meltzer." And I mean, it was no secret. It's one of the, probably the worst kept secrets, which kind of surprised me. They actually have that he actually has a job currently, um, but maybe he doesn't do that anymore. You don't think so? I don't. Or, I just think he's not privy to stuff down there. It's, you think that he down there in him? Orlando at the PC, it is dark. It seems sometimes you like think, there are you, no other humans but the NXT you think crew it's like, in the world. Psst, psst, psst. By the way, don't tell Terry. No, I think they just don't know stuff. Okay, because they're down there they're, doing their NXT. My understanding training is thing. my understanding is that NXT and the Performance Center exists literally on an island. Yes, and then sometimes Vince McMahon and the main roster folk come to that island and just pluck who they want. Uh, I don't know that Vince McMahon has ever stepped foot in the PC Never besides that one time. <laughs> uh, they do have those cameras rolling. Just like we have our cameras rolling here and you guys have tuned in live. Thank you so much for doing that. We do this on Wednesdays on the 83 Weeks channel live at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So if you want to grill Eric about the episode of 83 Weeks, this is where to come and hang out. And if you're catching us a little later, we are also available on Apple Podcasts. We would love it if you'd like, rate, and comment. Let us know uh, how much you love 83 Weeks and we will do the same. So this week we were talking about the March 6th, 2000 episode of Monday Nitro. WCW not in its greatest state at this point, shall we say. Eric is gone. Vince Russo is gone. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are seeing what I called the sad remnants 
of the NWO. Was that too harsh, boys? No, uh, I think that's fair. too generous. Oh, 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 we are sassy today. I love yeah, it. It's, and I've said this once before. I think I said it last week, too. This time period of WCW was probably some of the worst in pro wrestling, just in general. I just kind of feel bad for them looking back on it. Because like I said last week, this was so bad, WCW. But then you flip on over to USA Network, and it was like some of the best things you'll ever see. So it's just a combination of it being bad and the other show being really, really good. Right. I also think it WCW around this time is extra sad to watch because you can watch a promotion like if you watch ECW around 2001 before it all it all ended like most of that talent pool had been a little rated mm-hmm. that you were you were watching a product that was the best it could ever be whereas WCW around 2000 you're watching a product that could be amazing and just is not Aww. like all of the pieces are there like. All of everything's in the pot to make the perfect stew, and what you have is the nitro we all watched. And it's crazy, I mean, because they had a lot of talent that just left the WWF, but they had a lot of talent that weren't there either, like Ray Mysterio and Conan, and like all these other guys that kind of walked out when the Radicals did, but didn't really weren't able to get out of their contract. So they had the talent; they had a lot of talent not being featured every week on the show, and the people that we did see featured, and no disrespect to any one of these, but like. Hogan, like Flair, Funk, like I don't know. It's like you you flip over. It's like Benoit, Jericho, Triple H, Rock, and all these cool guys. It's like flip over. It's like I, I saw this like ten years ago already. And they're not presented in a new way. They're not presented with new. Yeah, people. they weren't like reinvented not, in like, any way. And which is funny because you have somebody like Terry Funk who to bring it back to my ECW to bring it back to my ECW analogy. If you watch Terry Funk in ECW in the mid nineties, he went out of his way to not be the same Terry Funk he was in. He he was known for in the seventies, the eighties, up to the nineties. Like he went out of his way to be a different Terry Funk, mm-hmm. and also too, like he was putting out, he was putting over guys in ECW that one we've never, a lot of us have never heard of before, mm-hmm. uh, and two, like so you flip over three years later, WCW, he's going at it with Ric Flair. Like I don't think Ric Flair needs the rub from Terry Funk or vice versa. Like yeah, I would rather see Terry Funk work with Crowbar. And Ric Flair work with David Flair. I don't like literally spin a wheel. I, that was a joke I made a couple weeks ago about John Cena and everyone talking about WrestleMania matches. And I just once I want to see John Cena turn up in NXT and spin a wheel. And it's not gimmicked. Whoever, everyone who's in the PC is on that wheel. And John Cena has a four star match <laughs> with a random member of the Performance Center. It has to be gimmick because I don't want to see Cena versus you know what no like Wesley Blake. I'd watch that match. I say, that, that, like, be- I say North Street as if you guys are like currently friends. I'm sorry if like, you know, <laughs> that I offended be- a p- potential friend of yours. That match uh, would be nope, dope, man. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> well, guys, I want to know who you talked about, the guys that you like to see a little bit. I want to know who you call the fast forward button. Conrad made this cute little comment about how I used to call the fast forward button the Jeff Jarrett button. <sighs> what was the, who was the fast forward button to you guys at this time? And this time, time? Yeah. It was the dog. <laughs> Al Green, not that Al Green, a different Al Green. <laughs> I from football Al Green. It's kind of difficult mm. for me because I only had one cable box and one VCR, and I w- had a ten o'clock bedtime, <laughs> so the choice was Raw. I watched Raw, like I recorded that last hour of Raw. So the fast forward button for me was no one on this show by this time mm-hmm. was sadly the case. It was just sadly the case that I all everything I know about WCW from the two thousands is from shows like this. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really... I followed it, but I didn't watch it. 
Well, and this seems to apply a little bit, kind of bringing it forward to 2020 now. Did you guys hear the news of what happened last week between NXT and AEW, where all the folks watched AEW throughout and then clicked over to, wait a minute, how did it happen? They the, were, which there one was, was an over? overrun. They clicked away from AEW to the end of Bianca Belair. No, no, no. When Flair. AEW ended, yes. they did go to NXT. They waited until it was over, but then they went and watched NXT, and then a record number of people went back to TNT for the Revolution After, uh, special. From oh, Miz yeah. and Mrs. Right. Miz and Mrs. was, the, like, NXT was the lead-in for Miz and Mrs., and they did not care. Yeah. I, I love that we're still in a time. I, I think it's just unfortunate that... We all know Nielsen ratings enough to understand that what that actually means is, like, three people. Because they were talking, I think those numbers were about 200,000 people tuned out and then tuned back in. And I'm like, that's, like, three actual people with Nielsen boxes. (laughs) I don't know if this is a good sample anymore. I feel like Comcast just has these correct numbers and is refusing to give them to us. You you think they're kayfabing us with these numbers, man. They've been kayfabing us with these numbers the whole time. It's, It's... it's the number one scam in TV. Well, we love that. I also want to get your guys' thoughts a little bit on, they talked about Shannon Moore and how he could be working nowadays more, but he's not. Uh, George, Mr. Encyclopedia of Sports Entertainment, can you give us a little more info on Shannon Moore, what he's been up to, and maybe why you think he isn't working so he's much been work, He's been working a lot of indies. Uh, I know the last remember I've, of him, he was in TNA or Impact Wrestling as part of a team called Ink Inc., <laughs> um, where he would bring out his Dillagaff book. Do you know what Dillagaff means? Should I? I don't know. I, was gonna, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Because it's, it's, an, it's an, like an acronym for acronym, something? Yeah. Dillagaff is an acronym for something. For cool. something. Uh, I guess we'll tell you because it's not PG rated or even PG 13 mm-hmm. rated. But uh, I don't know. I've always liked Shannon Moore because and I know he's kind of popping up. He's one of those guys that comes in and out. Like he, he, he is around, but then he'll disappear for nothing like, oh my God, where's Shannon Moore? Let's put out a. a IPB? I don't know. I can't even say it. We're like, oh, he's missing. No, he's always around, but then eventually he'll come back to to wrestling. But I know he has like a tattoo shop. Also, oh, I like, cool. I'm yeah. looking at his Wikipedia right now, and like you were saying, like, oh, I don't know why we haven't seen a lot of Shannon Moore. And it's like, I mean, maybe we haven't been looking because he was WCW 99 to 01, WWE 01 to 05, Independence 05 to 06, TNA 05 to 06, WWE again. This was the sci fi ECW 06 to 08. And then TNA again. We saw him in WCW 2000. No, no, but we saw him in WCW 2000, but like he's been somewhere this whole time. And do the gap means do I look like I give up? So he would bring out a book of Dillagaff. Yeah, like that yeah, was yeah. His thing. Mm-hmm. yeah, I knew that. Oh, well, you said you didn't. I thought you didn't. Well, I mean, it didn't, it didn't occur to me immediately. Uh, you didn't even barely know what an acronym was. Settle down. I, I was going to say anagram, but that's the word you spin the letters around. And... Yeah, that's something completely different. Uh, well, we, I just want to remind you guys, we are waiting for Eric Bischoff to come up on the line and answer all of your burning questions about this episode of the show. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. And it sounds like he's actually coming to our neck of the woods this week. He announced on the show uh, he was coming out to L.A. to watch his daughter run in the marathon. So it'll be fun. I hope we hope we can get him down here, take a little tour of Afterbus Studios. He should run the marathon. Twenty six point two miles. I Well, you know he's been saying that he's been getting into shape. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's not ready yet, but maybe he <laughs> will be uh so encouraged <laughs> by watching all the wonderful people of Los Angeles uh running in this marathon. Is there a message up there? No? All right. I, okay, that looks like a that looks like what happens when you type in an emoji and then your OS doesn't understand it. Right. Okay. My my vision is terrible uh, from looking at screens for 20 hours a day since I was 12 or whatever it is. 
<laughs> my one downfall. Uh, so, guys, let's talk a little bit more about this March episode of Monday Nitro. Did you have any thoughts about it? What, kind of reliving it back again? It's Anything so that stood out boring. to you? Like, it's just, it's just so, like I, I feel so bad because I love. Everybody knows me. I love all things pro wrestling. I really, really do. Like, I it's hard for me to find wrestling boring, but just like the pacing of it, it was just like you can tell that they were on cruise control until because by this time in March of 2000, there was lots of rumors. Oh my God, Bischoff is going to come back. He's going to come back on April 10th. It's going to be the first Nitro back. So even though Bischoff did uh, uh, mention it on this podcast, it was in the news sheets too. Like, oh my God, like Russo and Bischoff is going to come back. So I, I feel like a lot of this was cruise control until that reboot of uh, April 10, 2000 WCW on Nitro. Um, I was very happy to have Conrad and Eric kind of walk me through this one. <laughs> this one was like, and there's nothing against any of the performers or any of the people who've worked on it. It's just, as you said, cruise control for so long. And I think Eric would admit, even before he got pair played, WCW creatively was kind of just on cruise control. And I was explaining uh, Jack Farmer, we were talking in the hallway, friend of the show, Jack Farmer, that uh, he was talking to me how he, how he was watching a Nitro from 99 mm-hmm. and how the creative didn't seem that good, but they were sold out in like huge buildings. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain a theory I have that a business's popularity and when they're creatively their best is always behind when they're monetarily yes. the most successful. Yes. That if you have high ratings in 1999, it's because you were actually good in 1998 mm-hmm. and you only get to compound in 2000 if you were able to capitalize by being good when people cared. And then that's how you actually compound and continue to grow. I, it's going to be that a video. so freaking much sense, The video essay I'm working on, I guess. It's going to be. It's going to make <laughs> next week's episode so much more interesting, too, because they're going to cover a Nitro from 1999, mm-hmm. where we saw a lot of, like, because Goldberg wasn't even here. He was, like, a staple of WCW, mm-hmm. but he wasn't even here around during this Nitro. And so, yeah, it's, it's such a ja- drastic difference. And, yeah, it, again, I, I feel so bad saying it, but... It was just not good. There was, like, nothing to look forward to. I think I watched wrestling just because I felt like I had to. Uh, or watched Nitro because I felt like I had to. Like, I don't want to turn my back on mm-hmm. Nitro or anything. Cause you I had feel like, FOMO before FOMO was a thing? Yeah, because it was just, like, not not that I had any thoughts that they were going to go out of business. But it was just, like, I feel like I, I need to still support them. Because I feel like they still had potential in, in, in being what they used to be. Because at this time, yeah, they weren't even close to, to, to Raw's success. And it... And it's not like they were a little engine that could. That it's like, oh my god, these are all just some people I'm very much looking forward to seeing. And like, I hope they really get it right. Like, I we all have that show where we feel that way. Where it's like, I just I want them to get a lot of these elements correctly. Like, you all had Ric Flair and Terry Funk and Hulk Hogan and the Giant was yep. Giant was still there. Too, no, nope. he's gone. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> but you had so many elements to that stew that you'd be able to make it all work. I always say, too, like, and I've said this many, many times personally to friends and everything, I feel like in 97 and 98, uh, WCW was like a movie, right? It's funny because mm-hmm. Vince McMahon was like, famously said, we make movies, pal. Uh, they were like a movie. WCWF was more of like a soap opera. Uh, how long has all my, all my children been, been been around? Or, you know, just those yeah, yeah. robbers, they're still around because they're on every, every single day all the time. Movies end. Movie right. at some point has a third act and then it ends. That's what WCW was. NWO was like their movie and it ended. It's kind of like, oh my God, what do we do now? To the point where they had to reboot the NWO, but like with kind of people that didn't really fit with the NWO, kind of like that Fantastic Four remake yeah. with like Michael B. Jordan and whatnot. It's like, no, it didn't, it didn't, maybe just they weren't the right fit. The same way we saw Jeff Jarrett and the Harris brothers, they just weren't the right fit for that. It just, I, I, you can tell they tried, but it just, it was just hard for them. 
that's pretty deep, George. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we should fire up a really hot debate. All right, and chat roll. Teddy Rich, Ames, Gary, Tim, Sport Q, uh, Bischoff is coming. We promise we're working on it. Fo much, much. Tim, Matthew, everybody, I am ready to kick off this debate. The old school WCW logo. <laughs> is it a cat's ass or an exploding female body part? I will say exploding vagina. Okay. I run the channel. I know I can say vagina. <laughs> it's not on the word. I just got the list of YouTube banned words. Ooh, There's a lot the, of them on there. Oh, is it the spreadsheet? I, I'll yes. send you. Okay, yes. You've seen it. Oh, I, don't know. <laughs> I got no, it. I got no, it. Now I want to know what all oh, words are. Uh, just stay PG over there, Hermosa. Okay. We'll be fine. Um, I mean, it, it does look like a cat's ass. And I don't have any cats, but I can only assume, oh. I can only assume that's what a, a cat's ass looks like. I can say ass, right? <laughs> or butt. Barrier. Hole. <laughs> All right, they're split, guys. You heard them. We so need you to we, weigh in uh, on this. Right? You are going to be the decided vote. Um, well, I mean, I'd like to let our chat roll be the deciding vote. I... I always thought it just looked like a, an old bad tattoo from the 90s. Like a tramp stamp? Yeah, yes, George. It looks exactly <laughs> like a tramp stamp, not like Is one that, that, that I have. Well, you have, the, never mind, the, 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 the diva's title. I do not. Okay, now I'm going to have to put pictures on Instagram. Thank you, George. Sorry. Uh, I had the three dots from Eric Bischoff. It's not really them. the diva's title. I don't know. <laughs> we are we are working on getting Eric Bischoff uh, calling in to answer your questions, but guys, we do need you to weigh in on this uh, heavy, heavy um, debate while we talk a little bit more about Eric taking issue with all the backstage promos in this show, okay? So we know Eric Bischoff is the god of wrestling, and uh, he knows more than most of us will in a lifetime about producing a wrestling program. What are your guys' opinions on this? They're, obviously, it was overused in this episode. I, I was kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm uh, okay. until until he mentioned <laughs> live is better, and he's the one that said live is better. So why not have it out live live in front of the audience? Absolutely. And speaking of, guess who has joined us live right now? As promised, hello, Eric Bischoff. Hello, everybody. I'm so sorry for being late. I've got a new watch and everything, but <laughs> whatever. I was on the phone with, uh, actually with Hulk Hogan, so there's my excuse. Oh. Well, that's, that's a- no problem. Is that why you're rocking a bright yellow sweatshirt? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just a coincidence. Hulkamania's running wild at Bischoff's house, and you are back home, right? We are. We finally got back to Cody uh, Sunday afternoon, so... Getting settled in and getting ready to head out to L.A. tomorrow. Our daughter Montana is running in the L.A. Marathon this weekend. So we're going to be there at the finish line cheering her on. Wow, that's pretty cool. I always wonder, like, who really does that? People really run those (laughs) marathons. It's not just a, a traffic issue. Oh, yeah. No, they really do it. My daughter's one of them. Well, that's cool. And some other breaking news, Eric, that has just come out in the last couple hours. So I'm so happy that we have you here to ask you a little bit about it. Is that WWE is doing this Dennis Rodman documentary, which you are reportedly appearing in. Uh, I assume you can confirm that. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did uh, participate in that about, gosh, it was about Five or six weeks ago, I was down in Tampa. While we were still in Tampa, actually, um, they called and asked if I would come in and sit down and talk to them about it. So, yeah, I'll be, uh, I think I'll be a part of it unless it ends up on the uh, editor room floor. 
Well, and uh, we know that historically, getting that special and getting this attention at this time means that maybe Dennis Rodman would be the WWE Celebrity Hall of Fame inductee this year. Do you think that's a pretty good guess? I mean, if it was me and I was on the Hall of Fame committee or if I was the person making that decision, whatever the process is, I, I you would have to consider it because, uh, you know, Dennis is a pretty – high-profile individual, and um, yeah, I would. Yeah, and uh, let's just say that you are on that committee, <laughs> Eric. Uh, who would you appoint to induct one Dennis Rodman into the Hall of Fame? I'm not going there. Uh, <laughs> I'm, honestly, and I, I don't mean this uh, to sound negative at all, but I'm kind of fatigued by reading all of the Hall of Fame tweets that come through my Twitter feed. So I, I tend to just, you know, scroll past them and try not to look at them. And the less I engage in that kind of dialogue, the less my Twitter feed blows up. <laughs> so I'm going to... Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. <laughs> well, we certainly understand that, and our chat roll is rolling with some other great questions for you, but I'm going to let these guys kick it off. Well, I want to continue with the Dennis Rodman talk, uh, because he was, and obviously, if even if he does get um, inducted into the Hall of Fame, it is kind of poetic that he does get inducted in the same class as the NWO. Uh, what was that like, putting Dennis Rodman, like, as far as communication and, and uh uh, like negotiations with 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 WCW and, and you guys, was it always a, a lock that he was going to be part of the NWO? And what did he do for you guys' business and going into mainstream in, in that time? Great question. Uh, first question, I think there was three of them in there. Uh, first question was, you know, what was it like negotiating with him and doing business with him and communication and so forth? Honestly, it was quite easy. Um, Dennis had a, a manager by the name of uh, Dwight Manley at the time. And Dwight was a real level-headed guy. He wasn't you know, greedy. He wasn't overreaching. Uh, he wasn't demanding at all. I think he was looking more uh, towards, and I'm, this is my impression. He never said this to me. But I think he was looking at WCW and his involvement with Hulk Hogan more as an opportunity to mainstream Dennis outside of the NBA mm. than a real, you know, Retire, re, retire in Bermuda kind of thing, right? So the negotiations were very easy. The communication was great. You know, negotiating the deal. Dwight was a very, very straightforward, transparent, not a manipulative kind of con artist, agent, manager that you would typically find in Hollywood. Uh, he was he, he was really straightforward and easy to deal with. So that part of it was was easy. In ter- and no, we never anticipated that Dennis would still be with WCW. You know, when the NWO, remember, Dennis came along long before the NWO did. So there was no anticipation of tying them together. Dennis's involvement with NWO came as a result of us working with Dennis initially, the return on the investment that we did get. And which leads me to the third part of your question, which is, you know, the benefits of it and how it affected our business. 
yeah, you know, people have a tendency when they when they live in a vacuum or they're looking at the wrestling industry through a straw, which is what 99% of the people talk about it do, um, even people in it, unfortunately. Um, the biggest benefit that we got was the probably, I'm not guessing now, so don't quote me. Well, you can quote me because I'm saying it, but don't hold me to this. Um, don't fact check me. Um, but I'm guessing if you had to put a dollar value on the amount of mainstream media that we got, if we would have had to pay for that media, we would have probably been in the three to five million dollar range Ooh. in terms of value and promotion mm. and reach an audience that we would not have otherwise reached. You know, the wrestling audience is a fairly easy audience. And even back you know, in the 90s was a fairly easy audience to target and find. Unfortunately, it was much more difficult back then before social media and all the other you know, ways and means that we have today to reach out. It was a lot more challenging back in the day. I hate that term. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, damn. Um, it was a lot more difficult to reach outside of your own choir. You know, it was easy to preach to the wrestling choir because they came to church every Monday and you knew where to find them, right? Preaching outside that choir was a lot more challenging. And by bringing in a guy like Dennis, especially when we brought him in, keep in mind, we brought him in right at the end and announced where, you know, it was NBA playoffs. Mm -hmm. Dennis and Michael Jordan were two of the hottest names in the NBA. You know, they're in the NBA. I mean, it was a big damn deal. And as a result of that, so many sports writers, you know, newspapers, you know, morning drive time, you know, talk shows when they're talking about sports, you know, every morning. We're talking about Dennis Rodman. We couldn't have paid for that. We wouldn't have found the money to do that. So it had a tremendous impact. And as a result of all that positive impact, having Dennis be a part of the NWO was a natural evolution. And it was fun to work with. It was a challenge. I'm not going to deny that. You know, anybody that's ever worked with Dennis knows that. Uh, I love Dennis Rodman. I think he's one of the – he's a great human being. He's got his flaws. You know, we all do. And he's dealing with him as best he can, but he's got one of the biggest hearts. He's an honest person. He's a transparent person. Um, I loved working with him. Speaking of uh, celebrity involvement in WCW, were there any deals like the Dennis Rodman deal that didn't come through that you're looking back, you wish you were able to get someone like that? Maybe Michael Jordan, if you were trying, was there anyone, you, any trees you were barking up? Not really. Um, you know, we weren't necessarily going after celebrities for the sake of celebrities. We were going after celebrities that fit the tone of what we were doing or what we hoped to do. It had to be a brand fit, if you will, whether it was short term or long term. So um, there really wasn't anybody that I can recall off the top of my head that we really worked hard to get or reached out to get uh, that we were unable to get. Wow, that's good. <laughs> that definitely says something. Well, Eric, we're going to do something a little fun now. We have a photo to show you. Since you are the guy who coined the phrase, controversy creates cash, it seems that uh, you would be the perfect person to ask about this. So last weekend at a fan meet and greet, uh, an AEW wrestler named MGF 
uh, gave the middle finger. Uh, I don't. I don't need to do it right now. You guys all know what that looks like. Gave the middle finger uh, to a seven-year-old fan uh, who he was meeting and greeting with, and the father reached out to Cody Rhodes afterward and was upset about it. Cody responded and said, "You know, if you come to a meet and greet, you're going to get MJF, and that is his gimmick. And uh, not being nice to kids is kind of his thing. That's what you would expect if you would bring your child to come and meet him." Uh, but Cody did also extend an invitation to the family to come and get a VIP kind of fun experience at an AEW show. So what are your thoughts on this? We do have the photo to show you so you can kind of see uh, all the close proximity and, and such what was happening there. Are we showing Eric the photo? No, I saw it. Okay. Oh, well, then, well, then never mind. Eric, will you please give us your thoughts on this? Do you think MJF took it too far or is this on the dad? Um... You know, that's tricky. I just read about this literally. I, I haven't been on social media and haven't, been, you know, been. we just got home Sunday night and I've been you know, busy unpacking and taking care of business and getting ready to go already tomorrow. So I haven't really had my finger on the pulse much. And I just checked in a little while ago uh, to one of the wrestling websites, uh, wrestlinginc.com, as a matter of fact, and saw that in the controversy surrounding it. And my first reaction was, mm, I. I wouldn't have done it, right? But I also understand it. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a very tricky thing because people, when they come to meet and greets, this is my experience, okay? Just, I'm speaking for myself, not for everybody else that does it. Everybody's got their own opinions. Dude. They do shit the way they want to do it, whatever. But for me, I found that fans really do want to see the character. They really do want to experience the character in real life and in person more than they want to interact with a guy who plays the character. That has been my experience. And obviously MGF, who by the way, I think the world of as a character, I think he's a great, great young talent with an amazing future. Cuts one of the best promos in the industry as of right now, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. Um, I think puts some heads and shoulders above a lot of people. Uh, that being said, you know, I can see it. I, I probably would have done it 20 years ago. Yes, you I would. Now, I think now that I've gotten a little older and kind of toned my shit down a little bit, and it just it just comes with it just comes with getting older, right? Um, I I wouldn't do it now. I, I've done some pretty silly things to people who were a little older. I'm a little I'm pretty careful with kids. I want to give him a really great experience. I remember, I know I'm a little late. I hope I don't take up too much time, you guys. But I remember the first celebrity I ever met when I was like seven or eight years old. My mom and dad took me to the, uh, it was an outdoor show, like a sportsman show, right? Fishing, hunting, camping, all kinds of outdoor stuff in, in Detroit, right? And the, now I'm going to date myself more than I do anyway. But Daniel Boone was one of the hits television at the time fest parker i think it was fest parker played daniel boone and fest parker was at the sportsman show i was like so excited because i was a huge fan of daniel boone when i was a little kid right and coonskin cap and the whole nine yards and we went and met him and he was so kind and looked me in the eye and made me feel that's why i remember it to this day because as a little kid that left a really big impression on me and that's why I've always been really careful with kids when I meet and greet them and because and, and take extra time with them, look them in the eye, make them feel special because I assume 
like me, that's a memory in a moment that will live a long time in, in their minds. But that being said, um, I, you know, if a kid's 12, 13, 14 years old, eh, the rules change for me a little bit. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll mess, I've never given anybody the finger or anything like that. But, you know, I'll, I'll push the envelope a little bit if they get a little older. So I, I think, look, I understand it. I'm not going to criticize him for, for doing it because he was staying in his character. And that's generally what people want to see. But it was a judgment call. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how I would have reacted if I was MJF. I probably would have done it myself at, at his age. What if that was your kid? How do you think you would respond? Because don't you think the dad should have just come in and, like, kind of promoted a little bit and, like, made it a thing and, you know, stood up to MJF, had, like, Wardlow back him off. It could have been a whole thing. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I'm not, I, no, I wouldn't encourage that okay. because that would have been, <laughs> That's too I mean, far. It wasn't a positive situation. I'm sure MJF, and I don't know him. I think I've said three or four words to him, you know, in, in my life or in his life, uh, just kind of passing in events and things like that. And nice guy, by the way. Um, you know, I think I, I think in his mind he was trying to be entertaining. He was trying to give that, that young kid the character. You know, the kid may not have recognized that. He may not have even been, you know, I've, there's been so many times, guys, I've done these, I've, I've done hundreds of them by now, and you know, the dad will bring the kid up and go, oh, you want your picture? You want an autograph? And the kid will go, yeah. Kid doesn't have a clue who I am. <laughs> the dad just wanted a picture of the dad, you know, him and his kid with, with with me. The kid didn't want to be there. I've seen people <laughs> drag their kids up and have their picture taken. <laughs> I think the dad, especially if the dad knows the character and knows who MJF is, yeah. Some responsibility on the dad's part too. If the dad is that sensitive to it, or thinks his son may be that sensitive to it, because the son may not understand that he's playing a character, then that's the dad's responsibility to some degree, maybe a large degree. Yeah, agreed. I agree too. <laughs> um, now, you guys were talking about the March six, two thousand episode of uh, Monday Nitro. I know you mentioned that you're already on your way back to WCW, you know, to run things how it was. But were you ever switching over to Raw just to kind of see what they were doing, or were you just focused solely on WCW when you were, you know, at home preparing to come back? No, I, no, I never, you know, went, you know, checked out what Raw was doing. <clears throat> I, I never did. Honestly, at no time in my career did I check on Monday Night Raw to kind of help me figure out what I wanted to do. I would check in on that product, you know, to see what they were doing, not so much to help me shape my strategy or my creative, but just to be aware of what competition is doing. But at that at this point in March, uh, at the time of this pay-per-view in particular, I wasn't even officially. We were. We were go <coughs> I'm sorry. It's not Corona. That's <laughs> so sexy. Don't worry. We are not buying into any of that. <laughs> it's allergies. Um, but at this point in March of 2000, I wasn't officially signed. I wasn't really sure I was coming back. I was having some kind of. Uh, how would I describe them? Um, like ongoing. You know, with Ed Ferrara at the time, just kind of getting an idea of where they were going, what they were thinking, but I wasn't trying to shape their creative in any way. I was trying to get a handle on where they were going and that type of thing. Interesting. Uh, fun, fun question from AM Mason 1984 in the chat. Coffee question, since I love it too, how do you brew it at home? Is it an old Mr. Coffee Pot, a French press, fancy espresso machine? Also, if you have to get a cup of coffee on the go, where do you like to get it? 
Starbucks is the only place that I get coffee on the go. And I've been doing a lot of that lately with the amount of travel we've been doing. Uh, and my coffee machine, our coffee machine, I don't know what the name of it is. It's a, it's just a coffee machine. We grind our beans. Mrs. B does a great job of locating uh, really great coffee beans, organic coffee beans. So we grind our own beans and we load up the coffee machine at night. And then I get up in the morning when I close, staggering around <laughs> and the button and it turns it on. It turns on and 20 minutes later we've got coffee. Well, I don't know. Mrs. B, what kind of <laughs> coffee machine? I call her Mrs. B when we're in coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It, it's a Cuisinart. Okay. Are you hot coffee all year round or is there a season to cold or hot? No, I love hot coffee. I like cold coffee mm-hmm. too. I'll have it in the afternoon. You know, for some reason, because I'm just a creature of habit, to me in my mind, hot coffee is morning, cold coffee is afternoon. But I just had a hot coffee about an hour ago because I had to sit down and do some reading and I had to kind of be clear headed. So uh, I pounded a, a great cup of coffee with some. Uh, flaxseed oil and a little bit of organic butter just for the extra. Oh, yeah. healthy, healthy. You could run, <laughs> sounds like you could run that marathon, Eric. All that caffeine and good stuff. <laughs> we love that. Well, we got one more question from the chat roll here. Patrick Halpenny wants to know, and I think we know the answer to this, but maybe you can elaborate a little. Have you and Vince Russo patched things up? Like, when was the last <laughs> time you talked to him? If you saw him, what would you say? Do you have any interest in saying anything to him? Haven't seen him, have no desire to see him, have no desire to have a conversation or communication with him. He is um, a walking dead person to me. Cool. <laughs> he's, a, he's a zombie, y'all. Zombie Vince Russo. Anything else, gentlemen? Oh, yeah. Cool. He's a walking <laughs> That's funny. Um, you mentioned that, and that you don't necessarily watch all of Raw or SmackDown or you know, any of the wrestling shows, uh, or even AEW, but is there anybody that's, I know you mentioned you're a big Becky Lynch fan, but is there anybody new that you've kind of become a fan of in the last couple months? It's not so much new, and I want to I be clear. You know, I do drop in. You know, I mean, I'm... I'm a peripheral fan at this point. Mm. I kind of stay on top of the business through social media and all the other ways and means one can kind of keep up with what's going on in the industry. Um, In terms of young, new, you know, breaking talent, I just mentioned, you know, MJF, you know, and and one of the reasons I I am so impressed with him is his his mic skills. Um, So as far as a young emerging talent, I guess he would fit into that category. In terms of WWE, um, you know, I said, you know, before I got to WWE and while I was there and subsequently, and even now, I look back and go, who are the people that I wish I would have had a chance to work with? Because I see something and I feel something in them. You know, um, and you guys may not, you know, agree with this and that's fine and probably nobody else will either. This is more because of what I saw in their characters and what the potential might be um, versus what they've accomplished thus far. But I thought Seamus was somebody that I was really, really excited to work with because I think there's far more potential there than we've seen. And there's a fresh character there that at least I saw in my head. It may not have worked, but I saw it in my head and I was anxious to try to make it work. Um, I, Randy Orton to me is mm-hmm. he is the Rolex of wrestling watches. He is fluid. He is bulletproof in terms of his delivery and his character. He, ha- he can create more emotion 
with a twitch of his eye than most of the talent that I've seen in the last couple of years can do in a 60 minute Broadway. He's, he's that fucking good. And I always love watching Randy work. You know, I, I did, for example, uh, you know, I, I saw what he did, you know, this week with the RKO yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I almost got goosebumps, you know, it was, it was that good. His timing is impeccable. Um, and yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of Becky Lynch, but there was a, you know, I don't want to name too many names that are currently in WWE cause it'll, you know, it'll give me heat one way or the other, <laughs> but there was a lot, you know, not a lot, but there were more than a handful of talent that I was really hoping to get a chance to, to, to work with. Well, that's great. I think that's a fabulous, positive way to uh, end this tonight. And thank you so much, Eric, for your time, as usual, since you're such a jet setter over there. Welcome back home to you. And uh, you, you, I'm driving around in a 2002 Chevy Avalanche. It's not a jet. <laughs> Well, if you happen to make your way uh, out here, you know, in that Chevy Avalanche, which we know you are going to do, we do want to extend an invitation for you to come and tour After Buzz Studios while you're here if you have a little time. So we'll chat with you about that. And um, just uh, thank you again for uh, coming in and offering all your Eric Bischoffness to us. The chat roll is praising you as per usual. And uh, we hope we'll see you again next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Eric. Bye-bye. Thank And thank you guys all so much for joining us live in the chat, everybody who's still got their questions rolling. You can save them for next week, or you can reach out to us and make sure we get them in the books for next week. Steve, where would they do that at? Uh, they can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Kaufman. That is K-U-F-M-A-N-N. I'm sorry, Eric. I texted you the wrong thing. <laughs> you can follow me at G Hermosa on all social media. It's G Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. All right, cool, guys, and listen to me on the Wrestling Inc. Daily Podcast. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, and you can always reach out to me at Christy Reports. Thank you so much for joining us. Next week, we are going to be talking about a Nitro from March of 1999. Should be awesome, and we will see you right back here. Have your questions ready for Eric. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.